0: Start our second segment of talking points with uh, the the slate of QB injuries, which grows by the by the weekend. It does seem particularly high this year, Um, you know it, it's hard to keep track of some of the backups that were in. I found myself frantically flicking through notes at the weekend to see who Eastern Stick was. It sounds like something that you ah. use to stick the handle back on a door, but um Eastern Stick was the man up for for Justin Herbert going down. CJ Stroud, i um, in the concussion protocol after the weekend. Um, Jake Browning at one stage had to leave the game for A-team McCarron to come in for the Bengals but thankfully turned out to be already cramped in his hand looked like he might have injured his, uh, his throwing hand for one minute but it turned out he just didn't take on enough fluid possibly ex- the excitement of uh, Joe Burrow giving him his box in the in the stadium might have uh, gone to his head and he got to drink his, uh, his, his Dior light before he went on the field but um, it, it is an issue now it's going to decide certainly um, how the playoff picture shapes, shakes out in the AFC for good or for ill on the plus side, you might have Joe Flacco actually rolling back the ears as he is for the Browns on the downside. Um, you you might be struggling um, as, as as some of the other teams in the AFC are in a big spot.
1: I think we're going to give Flacco a bit of, a bit of credit. Maybe we need to get off the, the monkeys off the back, I, I would say. him Because last week he played well, and a lot of people said, that oh, was an element of surprise going in there. But I know he had a few flaws yesterday with some interceptions, but playing large, he had a really strong game. Rounds have obviously confirmed needs to start it for the rest of the season. It gives them their best opportunity to to make the playoffs. I think they're recognizing where they are. Essentially, right now they're sitting as the fifth seed in the playoffs. But, yeah, for other teams, and we're going to see C.J. Stroud and concussion brodick and and they're back to the original quarterback who they drafted in the third round. the years back to get them to the promised lands. They look like they hit a bit of a wall yesterday in terms of maybe the, the enormity of winning that big game last week against Denver seemed to catch up with them yesterday. And uh, but ultimately, it's going to come down. This is why we talked about in the off season when teams and Dolphins obviously haven't had to utilize Mike White, but we spoke about like signing these players, and that's why like Giants are a surprise that they can bring Tyrod Taylor back in because you're signing these players in you know for these opportunities and these moments coming into the back end of the season. Not so much the Giants, but just in general for teams if they have a really solid quarterback. And, and boy, like Gar minchu has done a really strong sh- 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 job there. Obviously, yesterday he, he had a difficult day, but. You got to look at these games and think who's got to experience and we've got to navigate go, these games. Some of them don't, right?
0: Flacco didn't look like that for the Jets last year, which is one of the reasons they they let him go. Yet another uh, one through the fingers that they may regret. Although we'll <laughs> get to Zach Wilson. Zach is back. They let not
2: take that one. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, like I will say, in fairness, that um, the the Texans uh, look. The Jets' defense is for real. We we know that. I suppose what was surprising yesterday was how poor the Texans' uh, defense was. And yeah, Zach Wilson had, was that his best game uh, for the Jets? So, you know, of uh, all time there? Tw- 27 to
0: 36, threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks.
2: And it it, it was the, the manner of some of the trolls. Like he, you know, a couple of big third down throws we saw I saw JP Acosta um, you know um, I'm a, a big fan of his stuff he's been on with us a number of times he highlighted that like Zach Wilson rolled out the pro day throw this is what got all of the hype if you go back if you remember pre-draft uh, there was this amazing amazing pro day throw that people uh, were very excited about and we got to see it on the field uh, yesterday but it was like nothing worked for the Texans now losing your top two targets uh you know Stroud didn't have uh, anywhere to go. I and the it started last week. I think for the the Broncos kind of they probably will feel they should have blitz Stroud uh, earlier uh, they started in the second half last week and it's funny, right when you put something on tape in the NFL. Other teams sit up and take notice immediately. We'll probably get to talk about the the Lions in a, a little bit. I think that's an issue that the Lions have had. I think this is an issue probably the Eagles are having a, a, a something. When somebody shines a spotlight on a weakness you have, other teams hone in on it. And the Jets, the Broncos may have started, it, but my goodness, the Jets finished it yesterday. And Stroud obviously now horribly in the, the con- concussion protocol that you, any sort of head injury i get really really worried for players um but you'd have to say the jets did a masterful job and the texans just they looked lost yesterday
0: it's one thing to your point though colin that we probably didn't give enough credit to the patriots for when when they were in their pomp like they self-scouted better than any other team like they, they knew that if you show the same look too often the people got wise to it and they usually diagnosed their own Weaknesses or their own tendencies before other teams did, and and used it against them. You know, masterfully so against uh, the Rams in that uh, that Super Bowl where they put Jared Goff in the blender and sent Sean McVay home with a, with a migraine, trying to think it all up again. Which to his eternal credit, he, he did, albeit with with a change of quarterback to to help him get over the line. And um, but but Brian, it's um. You know, th- thinking of the uh, 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 of the consequences of, of of Zach Wilson down the stretch, you know, we we were just a week or two ago saying this was a team waiting for the headshot to to put them out of their misery. They haven't gone away, you know. Are you suggesting they're in the playoff mix? I mean, look, my doing, my uh, speaker's a fan of a team that is officially in the hunt. If the graphics never, it, true, it
1: must true, be true the, true. the Raiders in their last Thursday tonight as a funky team. Let's <laughs> not call the Jets a, a funky team because. This bear in mind, this game was nil all a halftime. I mean, it was two nil all at half times yesterday in the NFL, and the Jets couldn't do anything with the ball before it And in the second half, touchdown, touchdown, fumble, touchdown, field goal, field goal. So the lights went down at halftime. But I listened to New York radio quite a lot, and on Friday, and a lot of them suggested the Jets would win this, and I was taken back by it. But they said because the Jets are going to do what the Jets obviously do, which is to win when we don't really want them to win, and the, like they probably will win a couple of games and essentially talk themselves out of a situation around that they'll have to deal with, which is if they ended up in a position to take one of the the end quarterbacks come, come next April. Um, the Jags are turning, turning attention back to the Texans. got them last week and I'm not blitzing. It was a surprise because the previous week against the Jags, the Jags played heavily, where there was a number three, three-step dropbacks by CJ Stroud and he was, he was caught there every time. And in, in that particular game, you just wondered why they didn't go for it on that fourth down. And they went for that long field goal, essentially, because he was in a blender at that stage because the Jags had done a number on him. And they did a number on him yesterday. They were 1-for-12 and tore it down. It was a, a really... But the Jets' defense's play went over the course of the year. That's not the problem. But if you're suggesting that the Jets are in the beckon order, I think you... Uh, I think. you is it a clickbait type of show tonight, uh, Connor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Colin, Nick Mullins is uh, is in from Minnesota. Um, no Josh Dobbs obviously just looked completely gun shy he really looked like he had uh he, he had a bad case of it after the uh the, the, the chicago game last week he, he seemed to have gone hit the reverse gear completely unfortunately for the for the vikings and um, they eked out the win but probably the biggest apart from the uh the, the three nil scoreline the biggest talking point from that game unfortunately was justin jefferson's comeback earn uh ending so short uh, and in a very concerning way for minnesota
2: yeah, although the, the good news today is that he's he's day-to-day. Uh, so that was, you know, because obviously the concern when, you know, he already immediately was taken to hospital was, oh, what, what could this be? Um, so that that was good. But, um, Connor, I think what, what people maybe need to understand about the, you know, the scoreline was, you know, some of the other scores, if you go back and people would point to some of the other, uh, scores that was in the rain like though the, the last one we saw was in a monsoon like th- that was a dome yesterday you could not have asked and there was the, there was the snowplow game the patriots snowplow game wasn't there
0: back back in the day like that that was three nothing but only because it yeah. was about seven inches of snow in the you
2: yeah no i, I mean th- this is the 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 pieces like there was there was no <laughs> no excuse for it um i i think it was interesting in terms of, right, we, we talked in the early part of the season about, like, the defences and the rise of the defence and how impressive they had been. And then offences kind of uh, struck back, it, it felt, uh, for a, a time. Um, and I, I, it it felt, I suppose, th- you know, this week in, and, and maybe a little bit last week that, you know, there were a couple of games, obviously, where... Um you talked about Flacco, um J- Jake browning, the the Ravens and the Rams in in particular. um, but when you had, as Brian mentioned, the two games go in zero zero at the the half, uh, I think it's uh, it's te- it's telling. It's been a year where we have seen so many quarterbacks go down with injuries. And I wonder, Connor, what that might mean in terms of um, the the way in which teams approach QB2 next year. And I wonder, Connor, might we see teams approach O-line play differently? Because it's felt over the past maybe couple of years in particular, we've seen teams kind of go away from, for the most part, right? It used to be that your backup O-line guys would be, you know, 35, 36, 37-year-old vets. Um, Now it tends to be guys who are, you know, uh, coming out on maybe sixth uh, round picks. And I think that has had an impact on O-line play. I think that has had an impact on um, QBs possibly getting hurt um, the number of times that they are getting sacked. I wonder, might that be something uh, that we might see in the future potentially change? I don't know if it will. That's me idly speculating,
0: but it's a good point though because you're almost you're going right back to the to the Joe Thaysman thing, you know, when suddenly people realised the value of you know Michael Lewis literally got a whole book out of it, and the 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 uh, blindside offensive lineman, you know, protecting the house insurance, protecting your most valuable asset, you know, when you've got, and that was driven in turn by the, the the big leap forward in terms of the Lawrence Taylor and other pass rushers, these incredibly athletic linebackers which you hadn't seen in the NFL to that to that point. Now we've got all these these hybrid defenders. You know, you got you got bigger defensive backs. You got those hybrid kind of linebacker safety types. Guy like that comes at you on a blitz. It's 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 no mean feat to stop him. And and offenses are going to have to adjust. And and the, the best way to adjust, as you say, is to keep the keep the signal caller from uh, from from feeling the heat.
2: Yeah, and I think what you've also seen this this year is probably a willingness of. Um, defensive coordinators to blitz more, right? As they've seen, like Brian Flores obviously led the way. He's been doing it all year, um, but Vance Joseph has, uh, you know, turned the dial up to eleven over the past few weeks. Connor, he's sending, uh, you know, he's but sending all sorts. It,
0: it almost went out of fashion. It went to the point, Brian, where defensive coordinators it was nearly seen as not manly if you were blitzing. Oh, right? you clearly can't get pressure with your front four. You haven't to, you have to bring the house. Whereas, you know. It, it's a legitimate option, clearly, and the Floreses and others. And I, I know Eberflus at, at Chicago as well. Before they brought in Montez Sweat, you know you got to make the best of what you have. And if if blitzing is the best way to get pressure, if you if you don't happen to have the, a Chase Young or a Montez Sweat or a and other or the, the sort of monsters that the Eagles have uh, on your defensive line, then you got to you got to get creative. I
1: would love to see the numbers of blitzing against these particular quarterbacks who are deemed to be the backups are stepping in because you wonder how much blitzing would take place if they're if they had the number one quarterback in there. I mean, like we, we Jake Browning is playing so well for me because he's got so many, as you touched you know, on just shows you know, he's got so many players available to him. T. Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase, he's got loads of great weapons. Where other teams who don't and our a line, such as O'Connell last night, he's he's so reliant on Devontae Adams. And they're coming they're coming at him in, in space last night. Brian Flores is essentially Look, Devontae Adams out of the game for an Irish You wonder how much of the blitzing is down to the fact that they can go after these quarterbacks because they just don't have the skill set to, to manage the situation.
0: But the, the teams that have won with with backups in place, one of the key keys to it has been time to throw. Like, obviously, to get that right, you, you need the guys to dump it off to. But that's why the Tyson Bajans, the Tommy DeVitos have managed to have at least some success and not be immediately uh, on their backs or running for their lives because they, they've had to adjust to getting the ball out quicker and, and and giving them the option to do so even if it means changing your offense you don't want to be down to qb3 because qb2 is in the concussion protocol.
1: yeah but i think the bangles like orlando brought from some great celebrations yesterday like the Bengals' offense find collapsing the occasion that they have there hasn't really held off since joe boarder gone injured like they are probably the most fruitful at the moment they are able to protect the quarterback he's getting the time to do it and I said other oh, teams are readjusting and then some teams that just can't. Like We're looking at that game yesterday. As Colm said, it was it's not even under adverse weather conditions. Like, realistically, Dobbs and O'Connell, they're not going to be out in the long term. O'Connell maybe is a backup. But, like, Dobbs now in a situation, and, you know, is Mullins the more beneficial situation now going forward? I mean, he understands this offense better. He's been there over the course of the year. They're on the road in Cincinnati this weekend to take to few backups, but ultimately, I think we... Probably all the same Bengals come the weekend, and we'd have to wonder because Dobbs' experience, whilst it was a great start initially, it's fallen away and it's fallen away.
0: And Dobbs called him like the littlest hobo might just be moving on.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: I mean, this is, but this is ultimately why it was worth the roll of the dice, right? They, they were, they basically exchanged picks at the, the end. Um, you know, it was I, I'll, I'll spot you a pint, and you can get me in, in the future. There wasn't anything anything in terms of the contract and i guess for the for the vikings they'll have to see what way it, it rolls out but um when kirk cousins went down they had to try something right and i i think it was it was worth it they got an a, an initial bounce and you know now it isn't um it, ha- it hasn't so they go back and they'll, they'll see but I do think having Kevin O'Connell there is useful no matter who is the QB.
0: And clearly having Brian Flores, if you're only going to score three points, it helps not to concede any. Right there, we leave it for, for our second segment of Talking Points. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like. Every positive review and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch.